I have to say, uh, before I, I even play the song, this this track, I I feel so sad at myself that I didn't appreciate it the very first time that I heard it. I mean, it, it did take me a few listens to really get into it. And now I'm just, sometimes I just play this song and I'm like, this is all I need to hear. Yeah. And in, in my opinion, this is the best song on the album. It's, it's, well, it's like two minutes long or something, but it, it probably has more lyrics in it than most rock albums have in, in the entire album. And in two minutes, it's, because I mean, obviously, you'll hear because of the speed with which he's delivering lyrics is incredible. Absolutely, and and if and most people, I think, without even trying to think, will recognize the sample. You may not know where you recognize yeah. it from because it's out of context, but I almost guarantee you will know it when you hear it. So here is some "Give Me Some More." Yeah, as a shorty playing in the front yard of the crib, I fell down and I bumped my head. Somebody helped me up and asked me if I bumped my head. I said, yeah. So then they said, oh, so that means you're going you gonna to switch it on them. I said, yeah, flip mode. Flip mode is the greatest. You know, and as a shorty, I was always told that if I ain't going to be part of the greatest, I got to be the greatest myself. Come on, come on, yeah, come on. Yeah, nigga, what? What a surprise. Give yourself a make a nigga close over your eyes. All my niggas getting money capitalized. Die, little small guy, we on the rise. Everything a nigga touch, platinumized. Full of your quip, you know we coming all on supplies. Got a big gun and I'ma show you the size. You fuck with any of my flip mode family ties. Me and my niggas be coming through, stroking you out. Killing off any and everything you talking about. See you in- I, I'm so tempted to just play the whole song. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Unbelievably great bass line. I absolutely love that. Obviously, yeah, the sample the, the, is from the Psycho the, the, Suite. Yep. And uh, I love even just that that drum intro going into uh, where the bass guitar starts. I love that. It's just such so simple, but it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And this this is uh, yeah, this is a great one. So me and my buddy Chris were in a band at the time, so we decided we were going to do this song. But we ch- we are we had kind of like a weird theme for our band, so we changed all the nasty words that we cannot and should not say into different words, but. Um, uh, yeah, and he would like do like that. We never really, we never performed it live, but we changed it around and uh, jammed on it a few times. He had like a guitar uh, loop pedal, so he would he did the so he would do that, and I, the bass line just dum, 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 dum. it's very simple, but it's a, re- a really cool rhythm. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty easy to do, except for the vocals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you guys would have to trade off really to to make that work because again, you have to breathe. It's it's a it's a kind of a necessity, <laughs> yes. you know. Yeah. Uh, I I even like the you know the opening part is kind of funny to me. I, the first time I heard it, I just started <laughs> laughing because it's like I fell down and I bumped my head, and I, somebody asked me if I bumped my head. Did you not just see what happened? <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, the opening is so preposterous. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, you bumped your head? So that means you're going to switch them on, on them. And they're like, yeah, flip mode. Flip mode is the greatest. What? And I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I had no idea what, what flip mode was. So I was like, okay, you're just going to change right. direction. Like, I, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, but, but And if you see the, the video kind of sort of makes like a weird explanation for it, which is, it's a very interesting video worth watching. But yeah, it's it very is it's insane like and, you know when he bumps his head he's got his eyes are like all swirls and it's just very it's it's a very spooky video it's a very oh well you know the psycho strings really make it um have that kind of very ominous sound to it uh but it's it's yeah it's to me it's it it it's fantastic it's the best it's the highlight of the album for me. It, it's such a well put together song and i mean this is this is one where i really started to learn to appreciate the the lyrical rhythm you know, he's mm-hmm. got lines that have so many words in them and he has to just spit it out so fast 
but yet he does it without compromising anything. And I think that's what's so amazing to me. You know, I don't know a lot of singers that could really do that outside of people that are in this genre. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, like I said, what's the what's the actual let me what's the actual track length of this? 239 and probably the first you know 20 30 seconds is just that weird intro right. and then he yeah. s- spits out all of these lyrics and in uh in in the remaining 2 minutes. He does get a little bit of a break in the chorus because he's yep. just delivering a line then there's like the backups deliver the response. So it, it kind of gives him a little bit of room. I don't know what he does live. I imagine he has some other vocalists with him. But uh, yeah, just just an amazing song. And if you know, if there's only one song that you're going to check out and give this guy a chance, that would be the one to to do it with. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of hard to follow. You know, how do you pick a song when you're picking the song order? You got what 19 songs on this album? How do you figure out what goes after that? Well, interestingly, like I remember thinking, just like I couldn't believe the blistering speed with which he delivers these lyrics. And then when I got the album, I remember listening to it for the first song for the first time. And it's like the song after this is like, oh, they, it's even faster. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like yeah. not what I was expecting. I was like, holy crap, he upped the ante. And then that's it doesn't get faster than that. But I was like, that was not what I expected. Because to me, this was about as fast as you could possibly get. Yeah. Just when you think you've cranked it up to 10, there's an 11. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's only one guy that I know of. And I again, this is not a, a genre I'm very well versed in. So there's probably other guys, but uh, mystical is somebody he has a very raspy voice but man can he he spit out lyrics so unbelievably fast and yep and he's on the next track <laughs> there you go <laughs> with buster rhymes so you you know you're getting it's almost to me it's like a it's like a duel it's like well i'm gonna bring a mystical and we're gonna like go back and forth and see who can be even who can be the fastest right well he certainly made the right pick that's for sure and this song called uh, they white they wilden us and getting rowdy I Is they wildin' said, with us and getting rowdy with us. I almost said they getting wowdy. <laughs> wowdy. <laughs> I don't know how to say that without sounding like Elmer Fudd somehow. Again, proving oh, wow. how, how this is not my world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fix that guitar shit. And not only am I going to rap really fast, I'm also going to emphasize one word every couple of seconds to really just push the limit of what I could do with my voice. I mean, just amazing. And yeah, that's and that's that's the the slow part of the song. It, just, it gets <laughs> yeah. so insane after that. It does. And, and uh, you know, I love the bass line in this one, too. It sounds like a finger bass, but I mean, that would be ridiculous to, to what play. is it like. Yeah, that part. Yeah. But it's, it doesn't have that harsh strike like a pick sound. You know, it really sounds like it would have been played with fingers, but I, I doubt yeah. it was. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It, it could have been it could have been keys, too. Yeah, it was it was oh, most no, likely but... a finger bass sample. Yeah, yeah, could have been. That was mid or or whatever. But 
I really like this song. I think that that uh, Mystical's voice contrasts Busta Rhymes' voice so well in this song because Busta Rhymes has a grit to his voice, but Mystical has that raspiness. Mm-hmm. And you could definitely tell who's singing when. They don't sound anywhere near alike enough to, to get confused. Uh, not like I got with Uriah Heep in the beginning where it was like, is that David Byron? Is that Ken Hensley? I can't tell. These guys are so <laughs> far apart from each other, but they work really well together. I mean, if they had made a band or an album together, I think it would have been really cool. Yeah. And, and, and I, to me, I think they're kind of from the same, they're coming from the same place vocally, but yet somehow they don't, um, they don't sound exactly the same. And, you know, Mr. Cal is, uh, you know, shake your ass, watch yourself. You know, that, you know, he's got that, like, but he's, he's a little bit more disciplined than Buster Rhymes as far as like his vocal delivery. He's not yeah. quite as, um, you know, Buster Rhymes is just like a, like a, um, like trying to contain a nuclear reaction. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> he's just all over the place and mm-hmm. you never know what he's going to do. And Mr. Cal is a little more like straight, straightforward, I should say. Yeah. He, he's definitely more uh, right on the beat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a good song though. I, I think there's a lot of power in this one. There's a lot of, you know, coming off of Give Me Some More, they really did uh, up, amp it up with this song too, because this kind of goes back to one of the earlier ones where I said, I just feel a lot of power in this song and part of it's the baseline, but the vocal delivery is just an explosive song overall. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I kind of wish the whole album was comprised of songs like this, but you know, some of the other songs are so good. I, it's like, I can't come. I want more of that, but I want more of everything else too. Yeah. And you've got, you know, it's kind of kicks off the the second half of the album, which is going to feature a lot of guests. Uh, whereas the first half just really has the flip mode squad, but um yeah this is when they start coming but by the end of the album there's like every other track has got a super famous guest star on it <laughs> exactly so that brings us to the party is going on over here I be hitting until the morning, got you cold in my storm. storm. Bounce, my niggas, bounce, my bitches. Bounce, baby. With the shit that they really have on you niggas going crazy. Suffer from head rushes, my niggas. There are so many things I like about this song. <laughs> for for one, there's these gentle, almost like snare brush strokes in the background that are kind of fuzzy. And then when the violin comes in, it shares that same like vintage fuzzy sound to it, like it was taken off of an old scratched record. I, I really like that in contrast to the snare that's really bright in the mix, the vocals that are crystal clear. Uh, that alone is is going to entice me into the song. I also love how they use the violin just sparingly. It's not just mm-hmm. constantly repeated. It just kind of comes in and out. But the whole mood of this song is just so different from everything that we've heard, especially coming off the last couple songs. It's a really nice contrast to 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 where we're going on this album. And it's the same uh, producer, DJ Scratch, who did Give Me Some More that did this one. So he must, he must like violins. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's got, a, it's got a really smooth, laid back feel to it. Uh, I really, I love the beat on this one. It's, it's really cool. And I just, to me, um, I really love the, uh, the opening line, the, uh, 
yo, ever since Jimmy cracked corn, <laughs> it's just like, it's not what you expect somebody to open a song with, but yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time I thought of Jimmy, Jimmy crack corn ever. I mean, not since I was probably five or six, maybe yeah, exactly. until I heard this album, of course, you know, uh, but it's, it's really an intriguing, it, 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 the song itself feels really mysterious musically, mm-hmm. You know, it, it in coming off like again, coming off of these like party songs and let's get laid and everything else. It just it's just such a weird thing to go into. It's oh, it's yeah, kind of absolutely. an eclectic album in that way. But maybe maybe that's the advantage of having multiple producers. You get something that's really varied and you know something completely out of the blue each time. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, and again, it somehow is still cohesive. Was there anything on what samples uh, this was? You know, I was just looking it up and I did, I couldn't find it. There's, there's got to be samples in this one, but I, I'm not finding anything on, on it. So it, it would need some further research. I'm sure that violin's a sample. I don't know what it's from, though. It sounds it sounds like like vaguely familiar, but I can't place it. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, that's okay, because we've got more going on. Right now, we're going to do the bus a bus. Uh, yes. Still don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a fast vocal. Not a lot of room to breathe. I love that the song starts out basically with them playing a game of Pong. That's, <laughs> that's what that sounds, sounds like, like to me. <laughs> it's catchy. Um, it's, it's, again, probably one of my lesser favorite songs on the album. Um, but it's, it's definitely catchy. It's got a great beat to it. It's, it, it moves really well. Yep, and this one is uh, is produced again by DJ Scratch, um, but writers include Russell Simmons, Lawrence Smith, Jimmy Spicer, and Spivey, who was um, earlier in the album. Spivey. Now I have to wonder what it takes to get a producer credit or a writer's credit. Like, if you just added some vocals, they're like, "Hey, just improv something," and you put a couple vocals in. Does that give you a writer's credit? Like, I'd really be curious where the line is drawn as to what counts and what doesn't. Yeah, I mean, this is the one of the lo- the second, third longest song on the album, so it's a little repetitive. Um, but yeah, the bus a bus. What are you gonna do? Well, that's it. I, I mean, it's 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 a pretty straightforward song overall. Um, but I like the sound of like the when they say do the bus a bus, like I really like the sound of their voices together there. It's got like yep. a deep, dark tone to it that is really kind of unique. But that's that happens yeah. when you put different voices together, you're going to get a, a combined new sound. Yeah, it's 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 again, this is one that doesn't this is one that kind of just goes all over the place. Lyrically, it doesn't really have a uh a coherent uh message to it um and again what does do the bus a bus mean i mean i always i always call him i always call buster rhymes bus a bus my <laughs> wife always uh 
you know, like, you know, if something, if, if there's something in the news, she knows I love Buster Rhymes. So if there's something in the news about him, she's like, oh, there's something about Buster. Oh, I was like, oh, the bus a bus. And, he, <laughs> and she rolls her eyes as she does most things I say. Um, <laughs> That's what makes your marriage work, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, part of the reason that this song is so long, because really the song's only about three minutes and 23 seconds, because we get our third and final bonus round of comedy maybe that's <laughs> more comedy maybe that's that's what it is so which one i'm trying to remember which one this is so we've done Cause, the because the song is, is almost five minutes and on this the music part is only three and a half so you're getting okay, that's so, a good chunk so we've of done it. the 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 dope that we've done the parents we've done the um the give me some more guy was there another one that we did or is it just those two so far just those two oh, why am i drawing a blank at this one I actually am too. And I just listened to this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bad sign. It is. I, you know, I'm getting old over here. Uh, let's find out. All right. Okay, oh, boys and girls, right, everybody <laughs> gather around the campfire. That's right. Sit down because it's time for Counselor Bob to tell you a really scary story about... Man, we don't want to hear that shit. We want Buster Rhymes! Come on, settle down, campers. Now this is the story of a psychopathic serial killer who lives all alone in the forest in a place just like this. Ooh, spooky, huh? Anyway, this weirdo would hide in the bushes and wait for unsuspecting campers. You better not turn around because there's a gigantic grizzly bear coming up behind you. Maybe if you play Buster Rhymes, it'll scare him away. That'll do it. <laughs> that's uh, that's the, some... second, the second I heard the, the outdoor noise is like, yep, the camping one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that's a great bear strategy, though. Just carry like a Walkman with, uh, you know, like a little uh, booster, uh, those little speakers that you can get that, that play Wi-Fi yep. and uh, you can scare a bear away. Uh, there's a, I don't know if you're familiar with Dimitri Martin, the comedian, but there's a, yep. a, a bit that he did about, uh, he thinks that having a teddy bear is really the wrong way to teach children how to deal with bears. Because when you get out in real life, <laughs> you're going to be like, well, I know how to calm this bear down. He just needs to cuddle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's a cute skit, but this is probably the one where even the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah. Yeah. You kind of know where it's going and it's like, yeah. And then he, you know, he's just. In- inappropriately screams at the kids and then gets eaten by a bear. That's pretty much. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a justified ending, but <laughs> yeah, I, I he think, deserved it. He, d- he did. <laughs> he deserved to be eaten alive by a bear. What bothers me about it is the kids don't sound like real kids. They sound like adults doing yeah. kid voices. Yeah, and that's yeah, certainly what they're. I, and I think that's <laughs> like, what turned well, the me kids out. Like, are like, we don't want to hear that shit. We want Buster. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you could tell you could pay a kid to do anything, and they'll pretty much do it. That's but true. but that's that's kind of what what ruined it for me is that like the other two skits, I was like, okay, I really feel like there's these two people in a bar and they're talking, and he's hitting on her, and she's ignoring him, and 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 that like I could buy into that. But this one, I was like, no, I I just feel this is totally fake and contrived, and you know, it didn't feel real enough for me even to buy into the comedy of it. So <laughs> no, it's it's not the strongest material. Yeah, try not to be shocked, but. That- That's where I come out on it. Uh, So that brings us to track number 14. God, there's a lot of songs on this album. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) And we're back to the sex drive after the children, after the fake adult children called Take It Off. 
bet you try to take you for yours for sure. What up, yo? At your sketches, you can't catch it. So play it on the record and take it off till you ass naked. When the mother shorty stack like a horse, Ooh. pushing a horse, looking the floor, sign. As a drummer, I'm still looking for a proper rhythm in this. I'm still looking for, oh, he's singing triplets or he's singing 16th notes or 32nd notes, and I can find nothing. <laughs> it's so individually unique, and especially for each song. You're right. He has this just real amazing gift to just sing right behind the beat. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, this one's like, don't don't do do. It's got like a nice upbeat tempo to it. Um, again, not the, the, we've still completely abandoned the, um, end of the world theme, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun little, uh, fun little jaunt. Unless they're like, the bombs aren't here yet. Let's have more sex. Cause it's, it's, <laughs> it's going to be any time. Yeah. The bombs are taking a really long time. There's <laughs> lots of, lots of opportunities to have multiple songs about sex. That's right. They're completely out of water by this point. <laughs> you know, there's. <laughs> There's like nothing left in their supplies, but they're just going to keep doing it until the until it's over. Uh, yeah, this song has a good feeling to it. I think it's kind of I, I almost feel like it's more of a filler track if there is one on this album than anything else. Yeah, it's 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 OK. It's not exciting. It's not bad, but it's kind of meh for me. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not. I, I don't think there's anything super remarkable, but remarkable about it. Mm-hmm. I did look up uh, what movie he was in that I was thinking about, and I was shocked to find out that he actually has 104 film credits. Huh. And that's just as an actor. That doesn't count composer or anything else. He, he does pop up in the most random places. Like, you, yeah, he'll be watching a movie or a TV show. And I, we, my wife and I were watching something recently where, God, what show? I don't even remember what it was. And then all of a sudden, like, he pl- was playing himself. Mm-hmm. And they just like... Oh, it's Busta Rhymes. And he's like, oh, how's it going? And they started talking. <laughs> That's random. I don't know why it happened. Or I, again, I can't remember what show it was, but it was but, funny. But you know, even if you just pop up in something, if you're in like one scene, you get the credit for it. So he might be in 104 mm-hmm. movies, but he might have like yeah. a little part here, a little part there. He was in the studio. They're like, hey, why don't you come be in this movie for a minute? Yeah, I'd right. be like, you know, oh, sure. I'll be in your, I'll be in that one scene and, you know, just have fun hanging out on the set. Why, yeah, why not? Probably you a know, lot be, more. People of that. get a kick out of it. Uh, but the movie that I saw him in that I was thinking about was the 2002 remake of Halloween with Daniel Harris by Rob Zombie. Oh, okay. And that was the one where they they sent people into the house and they were monitoring the rooms with video cameras. And it was a really weird whole concept thing. They were They were doing like a reality show in the old Michael Myers house or something like that. And he was one of the contestants on the reality show. I can't remember exactly, but it was it was something like that. I remember a lot of television screens and like mm-hmm. nothing like the original, of course, but th- that's the magic of Rob Zombie. <laughs> I've heard he's amazing to work with, though. Dee Wallace said that she absolutely loves him and uh, he's he's great. She was in a movie that he did called uh, Three from Hell a yep. couple of years ago. And uh, yeah, always a joy to see her on screen. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, it's the last guy in the world you'd expect to be like a super nice guy, but everyone has, seems to have really good things to say about him. It's like he's he's got this persona of like, this, you know, this really scary guy, but, you know, he's, he's a nice guy, which is good. I, I just love that he also has no problem exploiting his daughter like um, uh, Steven Tyler, you know. Yeah, I'm going to put her as the, the sex machine in my video for Aerosmith. And, like, yeah. Okay. A little weird. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'd like to be at the Christmas party <laughs> for some some of those <laughs> events. Uh, so where does that bring us? That brings us to what's it going to be? 
Second, I'm gone. Get your on. Now that you're tired, I hope your body be cooping because we're keeping you moving. That's what we're doing, and you know we're gonna. One thing musically that I, I really am amazed at in this song is you don't realize that you're missing the bass until the bass comes in and you go, wait a minute, yeah. why was there no bass? Uh, but I have to say, and I've always thought this about the song, because this was an, another one that really struck me, just like Give Me Some More, uh, as just being a, a hit on this album. Um, this has got to be one of the two greatest lovemaking songs ever <laughs> written, as far as I'm wow. concerned. I mean, it's just it's just perfect. Um, that and the other one would be a song called Animal Magnetism by the Scorpions. That is a very just mm-hmm. long, drawn out, patient song. Uh, perfect for, for that mood. Uh, but I, I definitely think this for me is a is a top track. And obviously our guest uh, celebrity on this one is Janet Jackson. Yes. Yeah. Burying the lead there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Janet Jackson, just like it's it was funny to me because it's just like there was no as far as I know, no relationship between the two of them. To, it's got to be kind of awkward to go in the studio and like they're just like what they're saying to each other. <laughs> it's like how to I mean, I guess it's guess it should be not, not necessarily any different than in a movie when two people are in a love scene together or whatever. And of course, they're not maybe getting that close, but um, it's pretty graphic. And uh to me, this song's a little too long. It goes on for a really long time. It does, but uh, it's yeah, it's it's very, uh, very uh, erotic and and kind of it's just weird things. Like he says he's gonna make her ass fry. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, it sounds bad. It yeah. sounds bad, Busta. Well, I don't. I don't think he knows hitting points as far as like trying to get a girl's interest. Considering some of the things that we've heard on this album, I'm like, I don't think that's gonna make her say yes to anything. <laughs> Like even continuing the conversation, let alone doing it. Uh, But yeah, I I think that the mood of the song that uh, that tremolo guitar that comes in in the in it just really just it's Mm -hmm. just inflections of sound. It's not even music. It's just little bits here and there that are effects that really bring out that emotion in the song. And you know, it's very possible that they weren't even in the same city when they recorded this. I mean, he could have sent the track over to her and said, "Hey, here's what I want you to do on it. Do, give me a couple of different takes." And you know, it, it, things could have easily been done that way. I mean, obviously, we're doing that now with COVID, where people are recording remotely yeah. a lot more. But I mean, those things did happen back in that time, or they could have just been in the same booth, just looking at each other and so into the music that. <laughs> you know, you do what you're going to do, or he didn't add that stuff until she was gone. Yeah, it could be. But, um, yeah, I don't, I I have no idea how that was actually organized or recorded, but, 
Um, it, the interesting musically to me, one of the weirdest things about it is it sounds like they're using like a chirping bird as a, an instrument where you hear this like bird chirp, but it's, it's got some effect on it and it kind of delay effect or, or like a, like a, like a, oh, what do you call it? Like a doubler or something on it, which just has a really weird sound to it. Um, it's telling me that this song was sampled in another song, but it doesn't, that doesn't look right or sound right. Um, cause the song is, I don't even know if I can pronounce it. Uh, I can't imagine somebody sampling this song in another song. So it might be a mistake, but fun, fun, Tasticus by 10 clony, Dan, 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 Wow. Well, That's- wait, way to go getting through that. Yeah, that was that was took me a long way to go. I'm sure it's not even right. Um, so may, so maybe it's sampled in that. Who knows? But um, yeah, maybe there's some samples being used in that. Who knows? Yeah, it's it's just a great just the, the guitar. I think really sells it. That bird chirp sound. You're right. I wonder. I think they killed a little bit of the attack on it, and I want to say they might have even stretched the audio on that a little bit because it does sound sure. like bird derivative, but not quite like a bird. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the pitch is there for sure for like a typical bird chirp. Uh, but yeah, those just those little elements. That's what I love about this album and his music is that he just throws all these little things in there that, you know, there, there's very few times I would ever think, you know, the sound of a mosquito might be really cool here. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I, I've actually got a mosquito audio library. But those are you the do. kind of things that like, you're just like, wow, <laughs> I, I wouldn't think about using this kind of stuff. And he's, I just like, he probably looked out a window and saw a hummingbird and goes, yeah, I should put a bird in a song. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he makes it work. But those like, like the guys that I worked with on that one song, they're like, we can put a beat, you know, we can put a rap to anything. Just give yeah. us a beat. Like, all right. I feel like he's one of those people that can just take anything and turn it into something that works. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it, it's a great song. Definitely one of my favorites. So that brings us, and we're back still on that romantic side. Hot <laughs> shit making you bounce. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just bounce around. All my niggas in the place need to bounce around. Just bounce around. Make it bounce around. All my bitches in the place need to bounce around. Make it bounce around. I make it bounce around. Shake your titties in your ass and bounce around. Just bounce around. Just bounce around. Come on. Yeah, nigga, this shit here be the varsity. None of y'all niggas is ready. Run, go see the pharmacy. Prepare for the coming of another grand larceny. Pardon me. Y'all niggas ain't even a little hard. So this is one of the songs where as an engineer, I think that guitar is a little bit too loud. I think it's yeah, actually it's burying piercing. his voice a little bit. Yeah. And and the frequencies are kind of not my favorite. Yeah. But it's it's a pretty cool, simple, straightforward song. I mean, the the energy on this album is so up and down. You know, we come in from this really romantic, hot, sexy song into like, where do you go from there? You know, if you're not going to do another kind of ballady or romantic song you got to go somewhere and this is a direction it's kind of it just feels so weird coming off of the last song to go into this i always loved it because i think at the end of that song you're left with like the bird chirp sound that we were talking about earlier and it kind of trails off and then it goes right into this and i loved this kind of like almost reggae beat to it according to this the sample they're using is good day for loving by ann peebles from 1977 um so it must be that it must be that that that, that uh, like upbeat 
our uh, guitars on the three and four, uh, picking out those chords that they're using. With that, maybe there's a wah effect on it. I'm not sure, but I, I like lyrically. I really always loved this song. I think like I think his best line is. You know, now I be Busta Rhymes multimedia latest edition added to the street encyclopedia. And then he keeps going on with all of just kind of tr- uh, trading off other lines based on that. Uh, but it, I thought it was a like, I love the rhythms he throws in on that section, which is probably the second verse section that he has on the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really surprising, too, because you kind of just expect that this is all the song is going to be. You, know, you get so used to, OK, we're going to have this and this is our song. and that but it, it is nice to have that change up in there and and i really like his voice on this song too when he kind of dials back and doesn't sing so harshly he sounds just as good to me yeah yeah and i you get his humor in the song too you know caliente wearing ferdio valente <laughs> he's just doing all these weird things yeah. um he definitely loves you know. the 70s though i mean he seems to sample a lot from that era I mean, it's got to be the best era to, to to sample from. I mean, you know, you've got Dr. Dre was just basically picking the uh, parliament <laughs> library clean. <laughs> and for all for good reason. I mean, you listen to pick up any parliament album and put it on and you're like, first of all, you're just like, oh, that's Dre song. That's a Dre song. <laughs> and then second of all, you're just like any 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 20 second clip from a parliament album could be a, a, a hit song. It's just all it's all that good, you know? Right. Now, now you're more familiar with Busta Rhymes' other albums. Is this on par with it? Uh, it like, is, are those the kind of samples he uses on the other one, or are this kind of specific to this album? I mean, I'd say for like the first three albums, there, there, there's some similarities there, and I don't know if he was using the same producers, but it's a ver- it's very different on his early his pre Busta Rhymes solo albums. It's 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 got a very different style. Like the, his leaders of the new schools well second album final album whatever way you want to look at it uh time is the name of it um it has a very uh it's another concept album kind of about (laughs) it could be about the end of the world who knows uh but that one's like it's more like a futuristic sci-fi kind of feel to it are you familiar with deltron 3030 no it's it's it reminds me of that album in that it's just it's got this dark but it's got a dark overtones to it that that works pretty well. I I love. I think it's great. It's another long album, but if you want to hear Buster Rhymes trading off with other other folks, it's it's an interesting. Uh, it's it's an interesting. It's one of my favorites. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Uh, okay, so where are we at now? We are at oh, song number seventeen. What the fuck you want? There you go. Get the funk out the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now, now for those uh, unfamiliar with this sound that we're hearing, uh, it's sort of a, you know, a keyboard version of an orchestra hit. So when the whole orchestra together, yeah. just, you know, you're hitting on the joke, you're hitting on the comedian, tapping his foot or whatever it's going to be. Uh, this is the sort of synthesizer version of that. I way overused this sound when I first got my first synthesizer just because it was fun. 
and then I started hating it. So, <laughs> uh, but it's 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 what I like about it is the progression, the the note progression that he uses in this is really interesting. It's it's kind of unexpected, and it takes me a while every time I hear the song after a long period away to get used to it because it just sounds like it's going to go in a different direction. It doesn't, and I really like mm-hmm. that. Um, when I looked up the sample for this, I was like, oh, of course. It's like a it's a super famous uh song um uh which has been used a million times in, including in hip hop but the specific version of it is uh maybe not as familiar with but um you know the song Apache Oh yeah so that's the sample oh. dun, 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 dun. you know so he's he, he he's somehow he's just taken that one isolated hit from you know Apache I don't know if he's just taking one of them, but he's using that as the, he's triggering it some way to to have a completely different rhythm. That's why I keep expecting it to go somewhere else because I actually know the song that it came from. Yeah. (laughs) That's the first one I recognized when I saw it. I was like, Oh, of course. How did I not see that all this time? I don't know. Damn, because it's well that. done you know it's it's it's, it's gonna it, it could it evoke a, a mood from you about something you're familiar with but yet it's it's something entirely new and it's kind of subtle too i mean it's it's not really in the foreground as much as like that guitar was in the last song where i'm like now nah, that needs to come down like it's actually pretty subtle in there as well yep yeah but it's a nice rap and, and he mentioned uh evil knievel of course living in yeah. vegas is <laughs> this is a very famous city for evil knievel he jumped over the fountains at caesar's palace uh, we actually have a pizza place called Evil Pie, which is somehow dedicated to Evil Knievel because it's E-V-A-L or however he spelled his name. Um, I don't know how a pizza place relates to that, but it's all sort of in <laughs> tribute to him. Uh, so, yeah, Vegas is a is a very famous Evil Knievel city. There you go. Although he did not. I don't think he jumped over a shark here or anything like that. <laughs> did, did, didn't water skate over like or, uh, you know, water skate like Fonzie or. <laughs> Something like that. But uh, yeah, good place for him. Uh, So uh, as we're getting through uh, to the last couple tracks of the album, uh, we're now almost back to kind of a relatable theme with a song Mm -hmm. called This Means War. Let's make sure the drums are smacking. So for those of you who may not know what that is, it is... Yeah, I tried looking it up. I couldn't figure out what sample that was. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Iron Man by Black Sabbath, uh, one of their earliest hits. Uh, I like the sound of this, though. I think that they did a really good job replicating the guitar, because that is clearly not Tony Iommi's guitar. 
Uh, it sounds way too clean for that. Uh, I like the drum beat. I think it's it's kind of neat to have that be a little more upbeat than uh, than we're used to. I really like the way he put the rap uh, on top of it. I thought it was kind of a long passage in the beginning. I was waiting for you know the vocals to kick in. I forgot it was that long, uh, but definitely a cool use of the of the riff. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's a little drawn out in the beginning for sure. The entire song to me is a little drawn out, and I remember the first time I heard it, thinking. Oh, wow. Like, I was thinking, I don't know, Iron Man is a, I don't know if this is going to work. And he started rapping over. I was like, okay, he's making it work. And then when Ozzy came in, I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. to me, it was it was just like, because he's singing, he's not singing the Iron Man Christ. He's singing completely, he sings a few songs. And it's funny because it's like, God, he got Ozzy to come in and redo vocals for this song. You know, like I said, it's it's almost a parody. It's it's it, because it's it's the same uh, the arrangement's a little different, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, a lot of the same parts. Ozzy sings multiple different parts, but with completely different lyrics. And to me, that part was just a little bit like, eh, I was a little too on the nose. And honestly, Iron Man's not my favorite Black Sabbath song for the reason that Ozzy's singing directly in line with the, uh, uh, with the, with the riff, which I don't care for. Um, so to hear him singing all these different words, just, I don't know. It, it, to me, it was like, eh, this was like the only one I was ever tempted to really skip. Because I just felt like it was, yeah. The Ozzy, it it didn't it didn't fit. It didn't work for me. He does that in Paranoid too, though, doesn't he? Isn't he pretty much right on the on the beat with Paranoid? Well, I I mean, he's doing it because it. Yeah. So he's kind of going along with that, but right that that walking rhythm, yeah. Uh, I, the, the thing that threw me off at the beginning is of course you're expecting to hear, I am Iron Man. And what you get instead is some heavy breathing, which fits in more with the rest of the album, I think, than, (laughs) you know, than anything else. He's like, Oh my God, he's at it again. (laughs) It's like, I'm almost done. I just keep the song going. I'll, I'll start singing when I'm done. Uh, nice mug, by the way. Uh, thank you. It's, uh, it, it it does feel a little bit contrived about halfway Mm -hmm. through it. I'm like, all right, I, I've, I've heard it. I'm good. You know, I, I'm ready to move on to something else now. I do think it's kind of novelty that he got Ozzy to to come in and do it and and everything. But at the same point, it's it, it's almost like so much of a gimmick that yeah. it's cheesy versus no, this was a really cool thing. But it's also kind of a cool thing that he got Ozzy Osbourne to come in and sing yeah. his own song in a different way. It reminded me of when uh, Princess Di died and Elton John just redid lyrics to an existing song oh the candle in the wind yeah and i was just like ah really like to me it was like eh. i mean who am i I'm, he was friends with her he he knows like it's none of my business but to me it was just like it seems like you should write a new song for her not like take one of your existing songs and weird allify it in a in a in a, in a serious way you know like um and then this was kind of the same thing where it was just like either i don't know to me it was like either take it and do something new with it or or oh, i'll just listen to the original iron man it was yeah it was too close and similar where i just it didn't that's i think why it didn't work for me well and, and the thing was if if candle in the wind hadn't been written about a specific woman in the first place right that being marilyn monroe <laughs> like i i could see kind of twisting it to to fit you know diana but it was like now you're just ditching marilyn yeah and it's like know, yeah that's it's like, it oh, a little weird Oh, an iconic uh, one of the one of the most iconic women of a generation just passed away. Huh? 
I got one of those songs already. Let me just switch the lyrics <laughs> right, up yeah. a little bit. Okay, here we go. It, it is like, Glenn's Rose. We're ready like to rock. Yeah, and it's not like you're talking about somebody who can't write a song. I mean, you know, Elton and Bernie, <laughs> exactly. I'm sure, could have done something in a very short time to to fit that. But, you know, he, he did what he did. I don't know. Yeah, they could have. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, what What was it? Um, who did War Pigs? Wasn't it? Um, oh, um, the band that did the real thing. I, I got I did a review of that. Why can't I think of their name? Oh, now that's going to bug me. Um, like did a cover of War Pigs? Yeah, they did the song Epic uh, from out of nowhere. Oh. oh, I don't know. Why can't I think of their name? I don't know. That band anyway. <laughs> <laughs> did uh war pigs on their album and it was like it, it was cool because they're really good musicians they they made it work um i think if something had been done more musically and, and you're right iron man's kind of like it's it's a fairly boring song anyway it's kind of fa- just faith slow no more, and, you faith no more. yeah that's okay. who it is thank you um and the, i mean it's a, it's a good version because they're good musicians this isn't yeah. Buster rhymes isn't about musicians as much as just vocals and, you know, throwing things in there. So, uh, yeah, I think I think something else could. I would actually like to hear what he could do with Paranoid. Sure. I mean, I mean, there's so many cool Black Sabbath. But there, <clears throat> there's also, they do all the different parts. Well, not all, the, but almost all the parts of the song are in mm. this. Yeah. So that's what I think made it. To sample, like, there's so much Black Sabbath stuff. You could take little s- snips of things and stitch them together in something new but there's so much of the original song intact i think that's maybe what turns me off on it where it's just like it's like 85 percent the original song right if it would have just been that main riff or something like that like it, it turned it into just another like like just sampling like he's done with the violin or something because even the psycho suite that is such a small part of the yeah. actual full psycho suite that you're really just getting a small sample of it yeah it's only four or five seconds or something yeah i think that would have worked better yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, so that brings us to our last song, um, very pleasantly called The Burial Song Outro. And this is another one that sold me on this album for sure. Some of us have been poisoned. Many of us have been blessed. And through the worst shit that we all as people go through, every blessing that we are blessed to have. Right off the bat, the throwback to the voice effect from the narrator in the beginning. It, but then mm-hmm. it comes in right away, you know, so you're, yeah. you're getting that right away. The organ just has that funeral feel to it. Yeah. You've got this really creepy female background sample in the background. I don't you've even know the, what that is. Like, got or, the, or I never yeah. knew what she was saying. It sounds like from heaven comes the rain, but I couldn't find oh. anything to officially back that up. That's better than anything I've ever come up with. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, it. that's like a, a haunting enough phrase to really fit the way it sounds. You know, the sample is from Mahalia Jackson. It came upon the midnight clear. Oh, wow. The <laughs> it's Christmas, a Christmas album. <laughs> it's a Christmas album <laughs> from Christmas with Ma- Mahalia. Wow. Uh, that's that's got to be a creepier Christmas album than the ones I put out. I've always heard it as it's probably not creepy at all. It's just creepy the way they distorted it. But the way I always heard it, it was like it sounded like she was saying home on the range. 
which doesn't make any sense. Well, there's nothing about deer and antelope that I remember in the song. <laughs> no, I don't. That doesn't sound very Christmassy. <laughs> but considering some of the other samples that we've heard, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a little bit of home on the range <laughs> in this song. <laughs> but the, just the mood of it, um, the slow pace, it's very patient. Um, he's not speaking in, in any way that you can't understand his point. He's delivering this message very straightforward. The delay on his voice is just perfect. I mean, I don't think they could have done anything to the song to make it creepier. No, yeah, it's very, it's got a very, uh, um, yeah, it's got just a very uh, like dark kind of foreboding sound to it. And then he, he's just launching into this weird manifesto, <laughs> you know, just, just to me, I could see him just completely improvis- improvising that entire section in the studio too. I bet he didn't even write it out. He just, just barked a bunch of stuff into the microphone and then they stitched it together or did whatever they had to. He's just like, just give me a beat and we'll put everything else in there after the fact. And yeah, I could totally see that happening. Uh, I, I just think it's such an amazing song. And uh, one thing that we don't get to hear in the sample that I played is that the music actually gets quieter and louder at different points throughout the song to give it even yeah, another level of bizarreness. Yeah, good call. I've never really like I. Now that you say it, you're absolutely right. Like I, I, I've subconsciously heard that before, but never really thought about it. Mm. And there was that little bird chirp there at the, at, at the beginning of, I forgot to mention that in the beginning of uh, the last song that we listened to. And so I wonder if the bird isn't some sort of theme on this album that maybe I'm not getting. Like, I don't know if that's an omen or if there's the some birds. specific uh, thing that he put in there about the world ending. I don't know. I could just be completely no. wrong, and he's just like likes bird samples. <laughs> he likes birds. He's a bird. Maybe he does, maybe um maybe he's a bird watcher. Could be, could be. Well, I'm going to play just the very end of the song because I think that you know you you really need to appreciate the haunting quality of the ending of this song and the way that it ends the album. And and if you think about you know th- this album ending and being on repeat and going back to the first song, it mm-hmm. really kind of really rotates beautifully. And it just it just ends. Yeah. <laughs> just cuts off like that. Uh I, I'm gonna say it's from heaven all the rain, maybe. Yeah, I'm looking through the lyrics of It Came Upon the Midnight Clear, and I'm just not fine I'm I'm not finding those words or anything like that in here. So but it but but now that you say it, when I listen to it, it sounds exactly like that. So I I don't know. Yeah, it, it it's hard to say for sure, but uh I I definitely don't I, I can't correlate that with it came upon a midnight clear. For any reason. One of my favorite Christmas songs, by the way, that I do not remember hearing growing up. In fact, when I went to do my first Christmas album, I looked at the list of public domain Christmas songs. And that was one of them. And I said, Mm -hmm. the hell is that? So I went to YouTube (laughs) and I I found a sample of it. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard this song, but I absolutely loved it. And now it's one of my favorites. There you go. Yeah, I've discovered a lot in, in later in life that yeah eluded me as a as a kid because they usually just play the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same I, I know Jingle Bells all too well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, what a great album this is. You know, from th- there may be highlights and, and a couple of lowlights on this album for me, but overall, it's just such a unique and powerful album. 
I, I can't say I've ever heard anything quite like it. And again, I mean, you're more familiar with his music than I am, but do you think that compared to his other stuff, this album is unique or does it really fit in? I think it fits in with his solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it fits in with all of his stuff. He's, he's the very, like I said, he's kind of all over the place. He's all out there. He, he delivers this, you know, weird soliloquy at the end of the album to end it. And um, he has, he has this bizarre sense of humor, um uh, there's a lot there's there's a lot to it um I, just for fun i uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a little quiz here okay um because like like i said with just talking about how much um how much lyrics you have to write on these sorts of things it, it's 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 mind-boggling so i i took all the lyrics and i copied and pasted them into a, a, a document with a regular size font Actually, a little smaller than a normal font. Um, how many pages do you think it is? Total album lyrics start to finish. Yep. Uh, what's your font? Like 10? 10.5. Okay. I'm going to say, I think realistically, I'm going to go with 11 pages. 43 pages. Oh, my God. I did not win anything. <laughs> wow. It's just it's amazing. Like, because if you took you know, rock lyrics for an album, it, pro- it would probably be seven, six, seven pages, mm-hmm. five pages, yeah. <laughs> depending on the album. Right. Um, so it's a tremendous amount of words. So, you know, like I said, you, you can say all these things you want to diminish uh, this style of music or, you know, and fine, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And that's totally fine. But um, to say it like takes no talent to like, uh, you know, I, I bet people that are saying this had no talent had, had, had to double space and make their font bigger to, to have a to have their report meet the criteria <laughs> for their reports they did in school so they could get oh I need to have five pages and they double space it and do it and why shrink the margins and do all this sort of stuff this is unshrunken margins not double spaced just banging out all the words in this it's 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 a lot and you know yeah there there's some choruses that are repeated but that's going to be the same in rock music too and this a lot of this is non-repeated stuff well and in rock music a lot of times the third verse is a repeat of the first so you know you, yep, you've got yep. that to deal with it, it, but what you were saying though it kind of reminds me of that movie summer school when uh chainsaw and, and his friend were doing the book report and they're like we <laughs> very, like creature very, creator very 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 love and that he's like following along with them yep I, I'm not a huge fan of comedies for some reason, but that movie is such a classic. I used to watch it uh, every summer uh, when I was, you know, you know I, I would get out of school and I'd have school off for the summer. So if, like every day I would watch that movie, like oh. in the afternoon, I'd, I'd have my lunch, I'd watch that movie, then I'd go to the pool and swim or whatever. And mm-hmm. I just like, I, I, I loved that movie so much. Yeah, it was such a, it, it was, it was Chainsaw though, that, that really kind of drew me in because <laughs> I loved the Dave. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's one of my favorite horror films. So. That kind of like drew me into that character. And I really (laughs) wanted to do those kind of special effects. But I just watched that movie recently. And and again, I mean, it still holds up to today for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I haven't watched in a while, but it's it's, it's, it's a fun one. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome, Nate. I mean, God, a two and a half hour podcast on on one album. I I don't usually talk that much. But there's so much, there's just so <laughs> that's many pretty normal layers. for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. This is like a normal deep purple podcast, which is great. My Uriah Heap shows are like 15, 20 minutes and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, Nate and John pull off like two and a half hours every week. And they're so well researched. And like, even with this, like you're pulling up all these stats. I'm like, I just went to see what year the album was released and here's the links. <laughs> and but you, that's one thing that, that I really love about your show is that you're, you're so detailed in what you research and, 
you know, sometimes you find out things that aren't right or there's different information out there and that makes it tricky. But, you know, you, you do it with such a lighthearted attitude and it's just a fun show and you get to hear and explore great music and have fun doing it. So you guys should check out the Deep Purple podcast. Yeah, check us out. If, you, if, you're, if you're tuning into this because you only like Busta Rhymes, maybe the subject matter might not be up your alley. But um, it's, yeah, I, 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 we, we, we enjoy doing it. It's just two old friends hanging out and, and just talking about music that sometimes we're familiar with, sometimes we've never heard before, and, but all related to Deep Purple. Exactly. And, you know, I can tell you guys that, uh, well, first, the, the link is in the show notes. So when, when you decide you're interested, go to that link if you haven't been a fan of the show already. But, you know, if a couple of guys can give rap a, a chance that, well, you you were more influenced uh, than I was. But like for me, I was like, rap sucks. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> and then I decided to give it a chance. And I really started to like it. So if you're on the opposite side of that and you're like, rock sucks, I'm not going to give rock a chance. You know what? Give rock a chance because you never know. And tastes change over the course of time. I found that, you know, with foods and with music and movies, things that I didn't like when I was younger, I like now because I was willing to give them another chance. And I have different mindset, different experiences. You never know what you might like that you didn't before. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, this I think there's more crossover than a lot of people um, think in general. Uh, I don't think I I think most people are not just locked into one style of music, Um, but but. At the same token, a lot of people write off entire genres because they maybe just haven't heard the right thing to hook them and get them into it. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was never anybody that listened to country music until I joined a country band. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, there's some good stuff in here. So you just never know. I I just say, be open-minded, give it a chance. If you don't like it, you can move on. But at least you gave it a chance. You got it. That's right. Well, thank you very much, Nathan. You'll have to come back. Well, I know that you'll be back to do another album review, some random thing that we... We picked to Absolutely. do together. Yeah, I gotta look. I I was so distracted by this album. I don't think I don't remember anything else on the list. I'll have to check it out again. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've got an updated list. I'll have to send you that. Uh, let me clean that up and get it over to you. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Check out the Deep Purple podcast, guys. It's worth your time. I promise you. And we will see you next week for another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. Cheers.